Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. We, uh, we want to continue in our series this morning, The Jesus Lifestyle, and uh, so glad that you made the choice to come out and worship with us today. Um, our prayer is that you'll receive something from the Word of God as we share it today with you. And the sermon title today is How to Change the World. And it's a part of our series, The Jesus Lifestyle. As I said, we're looking at what Jesus teaches the disciples out of Matthew chapter 5 through to Matthew chapter 7 about what their lifestyle should be. And over the coming weeks, we're going to delve into these scriptures and look at what Jesus taught his followers about what their lifestyle should be. Amen. And this series is quite different. It goes in the morning and it goes in the afternoon. So it's the AM series and PM series all in the one um, box put together together. Amen. So I do encourage you with that. We think about culture. Uh, we think about our culture that we live in. And without exception, we are so obsessed about our lifestyle. Hello? So obsessed about our lifestyle. Magazines are devoted to lifestyles. We have magazines about our clothing, the clothes we wear. Have uh, magazines about um, health and fitness, which isn't that bad. Um, we have magazines about our homes, our gardens, um, holidays. I mean, sexual performance. There's, there's stuff out there about our lifestyle. And all of these things that we, that we see that the world pushes towards us or tries to portray to us what an idyllic or ideal lifestyle is, is all focused on the external, right? You know, how you look, how you dress, how you speak, where you live, what car you drive, all that sort of stuff. It's all focused on the external. But what we're finding and we're going to find over the coming weeks together is that Jesus isn't so focused on the externals of our lives, but what he's really interested in is the internal of our life. In other words, not so much about what we're dressed in and how we speak and the money that we have. He's not that interested in all of that stuff, but he's more interested in our hearts, what's going on on the inside. Amen. So the question we want to touch on this morning just briefly is this. Where do most of us draw our thoughts about what our lifestyle should be? Where do most of us draw our thoughts? Well, I'd like to think that the majority of us draw our thoughts about how we should live from the Word of God. But the truth is today that many people, many Christians, allow the culture, allow media, uh, the stuff on Facebook, the stuff on Instagram, all the stuff that's there all the time, um, potentially is affecting the way that we view our lifestyle. Buy this and I will feel good. Buy this and I will look better. Buy this and I will be happy. That DJI, DJI Mavic drone. Just a thought. As Christians, I want to say this this morning, as Christians, we have to be so careful that we don't get caught up on the world's projection of what our lifestyle should be, but we continually remind ourselves that we are nothing but a stewards of everything. Listen to the truth this morning. We are nothing, but we are stewards of everything, managers of everything that God has entrusted to us. Amen. And last Sunday night, Steve shared a, a key uh, the topic was, how do you find true happiness? It was an amazing message. You can go to our website and download the podcast, How to Find True Happiness, Steve Shaw. But it was an amazing message. And the, and the, 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 the overview or the, the, uh, the takeaways was this. The, we find true happiness by putting our complete trust in God and having an attitude of gratitude, being thankful for all that we have been blessed with. Amen. 
that was pretty much the crux of the message. But if we could just live by that every day, how happy, how joyful would our lives be? But what we do do is we get caught up and thinking we've just got to have the next great thing. No, be content in God. He is our all in all and be happy or have gratitude or be thankful for what we have. Amen. So during the week, I put a little, little uh, thankful list together. My thankful list, just a couple of little thoughts. I'm thankful for God, for his calling. Amen. So thankful for God. So thankful that I didn't choose him, but he chose me. He opened up my eyes to see that there is a God and he's a beautiful, beautiful being. Amen. Our God loves us. I'm so thankful for my wife. Amen. Get to go on a desert trip, the Simpson Desert, in about uh, three weeks' time and uh, we'll be hard style camping. It'll be awesome. Amen. So I'm so thankful for my wife. I'm also so thankful for my wife. I'm also thankful I'm so thankful for the church that I get to serve in. I'm so thankful for the people that I get to serve with. I'm so thankful to God for the house that I'm living in. Amen. I have a roof over my head. I'm so thankful for a warm bed at night. Hallelujah. Sleeping, electric sleeping, what do you call it? Electric blanket. Thanks very much. They're awesome. But a warm bed at night. I'm so thankful to God that I have food in the fridge. I'm so thankful to God that I've got a car in the driveway. I'm so thankful to God for the city that I live in, for the beautiful beaches and the escarpment. I'm so thankful for God for all the incredible possessions that he's blessed me with. I am so thankful to God for all that he's given me. Amen. God has given us so much. You know, as I was preparing this morning, I really felt that this is a word for people this morning. You know, people that might be feeling a bit depressed at times or anxious at times. Um, you might be struggling within your soul. I feel that this is a word for you that you need to today, today, you need to write down a thankful list. I am thankful for, and when you're starting to feel a bit anxious or you're starting to feel a little bit depressed, get out that thankful list and start to thank God because I'm sharing all that stuff that I'm being thankful for. I'm feeling happier and happier, amen. <laughs> feeling happier and happier. The more you think about all that God has given you, the happier that you become on the inside because you start to stop and take stock of all that God has done for you. It's amazing. Never take for granted what you have because you have so much. Been blessed with so much. So for people here this morning that might be struggling a little bit, I want to encourage you, get your thankfulness on. Get your thankfulness on. Start to take the time to write it down and thank God. Amen. So today we're going to look at uh, some more of the lifestyle qualities that Jesus calls us to. I want you to open up your Bible, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read quite a few texts here this morning. And then we're just going to break it into three little thoughts this morning that hopefully will help you. But in Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read this morning from 7 through to 16. It'll be up on the screen there, but if hopefully if you've got your Bible, you'll be following along in that as well. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, the words of Jesus, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? If then, good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under feet by men. Now, I want you to listen right now to the words of Jesus because he describes you and I. This is his description. This is how he views the potential within us. In verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Look to the person next to you and just tell them this, you are the light of the world. What an incredible thought. Jesus says, we are the light of the world incredible but you know i start to think about the world and the world is becoming an ever increasing darker place the world is so messed up today you look around the globe today communities are becoming so polarized ah there's such hatred there's such anger there's such violence i mean the world is becoming such a dark place and we see this darkness continuing to increase it's like the world is falling apart morally And the question we must ask as followers of Jesus, is there anything we can do to make a difference? Thanks, Max. Still in the thunder a bit there, bro. (laughs) Is there anything we must ask ourselves as followers of Jesus, is there anything we can do to make a difference? In answering the question, we have a choice. We can say these few thoughts here. We can either make excuses and say, I'm too young. I'm too old. I won't point anywhere. Or I'm too busy. We can say, I'm too young to make a difference. I'm too old to make a difference. I'm too busy to make a difference. We can live a life satisfying our own selfish desires or in what Martin Luther King refers to as the narrow confines of our individualistic concerns or we can look to the broader concerns of others. When we start to think about changing our world, we start to often think about um, that changing our world comes from having lots of wealth or great political power, but I want you again to listen to the words of Jesus and what he said about the potential within each one of us today and this week coming, amen. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus knew that his disciples were uneducated and unsophisticated. (laughs) I'm probably the chief of all of that, but here we are. Jesus knew that they were uneducated and unsophisticated, but he was telling them, you can change your world, you can make a difference, and the question must beg, how? How can we change the world in which we live? Well, Jesus begins to give us some thoughts in the great commandment. It's up on the screen then this morning. Have a look at it. This is the great commandment. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Okay? You want to know the priority of your life, what it should be? It's that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment, not an option. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
This is what I just think sets our Christianity apart from any other face on the planet today. Right there. Love your neighbor as yourself. It sets apart our faith from every other faith. It's interesting to note when Jesus taught the Beatitudes, listen to it this morning, the first four deal with our relationship with God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And the next four deal with our relationship with others. Love your neighbor as yourself. So listen to this this morning. A Jesus lifestyle is not evidence in how we relate to God, but also in how we treat others. And how we treat others has the potential each and every day to change the world we live in. So the thought this morning is this. What did Jesus teach us about how to love our neighbor? Three little thoughts and we're done this morning. How do we love our neighbor? First little thought is this. Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. In this text, mercy has two connotations. The first one is this. The Jesus lifestyle means we don't give people what they deserve, but we show them mercy. We are to show mercy to those who have wronged us. We are to show mercy when we, we have been cheated or hurt by someone. Our natural reaction is to give people what we think they deserve. But this is not the reaction we are called to as Christians. Mercy. Mercy. We, we don't give people what they deserve, but we show them mercy. Jesus stressed this time and time again that we need to show mercy. He even said that the level of mercy we show will be shown to us. What? What? The level of mercy we show will be shown to us. Doesn't that do your head in? We need to be committed to a lifestyle of mercy. There's a story in Matthew chapter 18, the parable of the unmerciful servant. Go there at some point, read it, but Jesus just gives this incredible description, a parable of uh, what it means to, to really show mercy. He tells the story of this, uh, this man that falls into some hardship and he's serving this, uh, this, this manager, the boss, and he owes the boss quite a bit of money and the poor guy, he's married and he's got kids and he doesn't want to go to jail because he wants to look after his children. So he goes to the, to the, to the boss, to, the, mat, to the, uh, the owner and says, look, this is the deal. I owe you all this money, but I just can't pay you. So the manager says, well, too bad. You're going to have to go to prison. But he gets down on his knees and says, please have mercy on me. The boss decides to have mercy on him. The guy thinks this is great. We read in the story, he goes back out into the world and as he's now been forgiven of his debt and the, the boss has shown him mercy, he comes, along one of, uh, comes across one of his slave, one of his friends, and he discovers along the way that this guy owes him um, some money. And the guy, the, 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 the guy goes to him and says, well, look, you owe, you owe me all of this money. And he says, well, look, I'm so sorry. I haven't got the ability to be able to repay you right now. The guy says, well, too bad. I'm taking you to prison. He gets thrown in prison. In the meantime, the manager, the boss guy, he discovers what's going on. And listen to what Jesus says here. 
Because the manager, the boss guy, found out what this servant did after he was shown mercy. He showed no mercy to the individual. He did exactly the opposite of what the boss had did, done to him. And he shows no mercy. And this is what Jesus says, because the guy finds out and sends him to prison. And it says this, So my heavenly Father also will do to each of you, if from his heart he does not forgive his brother, or sister, his trespasses. This is the thought this morning. When we understand how much God has forgiven us and shown us such great mercy, then we have no other desire than to show mercy to others as well. When we discover how much mercy God has shown towards us, it changes our heart towards others as well. But remember the thought, whatever level of mercy you show to people in your world, in your street, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your workplace, that's the same level of mercy that will be shown towards you from your heaven. So I think we should be the most merciful people around. Just a thought. Deep revelation, Steve, eh? Deep revelation. It's deep, Ollie, eh? Oh, well, we, we, whatever we show will be shown to us. Oh, God, help me. Amen. So we show, when we show mercy to others... We change the world. So the first connotation of mercy is we don't give people what they deserve, but we show mercy. The second one is this. The Jesus lifestyle is about being merciful to those who are in need. So the first part is showing mercy to those who might have hurt us, who might have betrayed us, or might have um, rejected us. We show mercy to them. The second part of mercy is being merciful to those who who are in need. In the story of the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10, um, uh, religion didn't make any difference. Um, understanding the Word of God didn't make any difference. In, I'm not discounting any of those things, but I'm just trying to make the point. The only thing that made a difference to that poor, beaten-up man was the fact that someone stopped and showed mercy towards him. Who are you showing mercy to right now? What need are you you're reaching out to trying to meet right now? Who are, who, whose world are you trying to change now that, that is in a place of great need? Amen? Because that's where God wants us to be. Showing mercy to those who are in need. Hallelujah. As Christians, we're meant to be on the lookout for those who are hungry, those who are sick, those who are outcast or lonely, we are called to show them mercy. And the thought is this, true mercy always leads to practical help. Amen. You, you can say, you know, you, you, you love your brother, but the Bible says that without a, without an, uh, a, 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 a demonstration of that love, you, you, your words just really are meaningless. Amen. Just, just was ref reflecting on Matthew chapter 25 about the importance of showing mercy to those in need. In Matthew chapter 25, it teaches us that, that when the Son of Man, Jesus again bringing a parable, parable is an earthly story with a heavenly application, right? That's what it is. So he tells the story. Matthew chapter 25 says, When the Son of Man returns um, um, to the earth, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. That's what, that's what he says he's going to. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. But 
before that goes on, there, there's, a, there's a bit of a, an, an outline um, that helps us to understand the difference between what a sheep is and what a goat is. So he tells the story, you know, I was in prison and you, you never visited me. I was naked, you never clothed me. I was thirsty, you never gave me a drink. I was, I was lonely, you never, you, know, you never come to spend any time with me. That's the description that he gives to the, the goats. Then to the sheep, he says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was, I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you came and visited me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink of water. What I find most alarming and disturbing, most disturbing about this story, this parable here, is that both the sheep and the goats believe the same thing. They both believe that Jesus was Lord. They both believe that Jesus was Saviour. But the finding, the finding separation between the sheep and the goats was what? Their action. Their, their mercy wasn't just in, 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 in uh, um, words of encouragement. You know, uh, uh, one day I'm going to make a difference. No, the defining difference between the sheep and the goats is that the sheep were active in meeting and, and seeking out those who were in need and, and, and making a difference, demonstrating their mercy through action. Don't you find that disturbingly awakening? They both knew him as Lord. In fact, in that scripture there, it says, Well, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We did miracles in your name. We, we did all of these things in your name. I mean, these people knew the Lord but they didn't really have his heart and he separates them from the sheep of the goat. I mean, that's just, sorry, huh? <laughs> I just find that just incredible. So the second connotation of mercy, showing mercy, it's through our actions. Seeking out those that are in need, seeking out those that need help. You know, we look across the globe today and we just get so overwhelmed. There's so many um, um, terrible things that are happening. And as Christians, we can get desensitized. We get to the point where we see images on the TV. I can do it as well. You see these little kids up there and you just you get desensitized. But we've got to come back and draw back and say and ask the question, Jesus, where can I make a difference? Not going, oh, it's just all too hard and too dark and too ugly and the world's just too sick. Yes, it is. But we've been called to change the world. Oh, yeah, three of us. We've been called to change the world. Amen. How do we do it? Being merciful to those who are in need. We change the world when we show mercy to those who are in need. Third thought. If I could just have the musicians come up, that would be great. Third thought. How do we change our world? The Jesus lifestyle is about making peace, not stirring up conflict. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. A peacemaker desires to bring blessing to other people. Being a peacemaker is expressed in three ways. Number one, peace with God. Number two, inner peace that comes from knowing God. And number three, having a heart that reflects peace towards others as well. Jesus told that if we make peace with others, we will be called the children of God. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be known as the children of God. When we have a lifestyle of a peacemaker, we ultimately bear the image of a heavenly Father because He is the ultimate peacemaker. Amen? It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God made peace with and through Jesus, and we are called to make peace with others no matter what the circumstances may be. Sometimes we need to face up the difficult circumstances, and we may even need to confront other people in order to make peace. Failure to confront means to continually reject Nelson Mandela was quoted as saying this, It takes a long time to make peace, a short time to make tension. Many, many people make tension, few people make peace. Whenever you find tension, you must make peace. Hallelujah, we've been called to be peacemakers. Therefore, let us pursue the things, Romans chapter 14, verse 19, Therefore, let us pursue the things that make for peace and the things by which may edify one another. The Jesus lifestyle is about pursuing peace in our marriages, in our families, in our neighborhoods, and also within our church. Amen. I, <clears throat> just to conclude with this, and Steve's going to come and wrap up the service. I, I must have a like a, a, a political part of, my psyche because I'm always really interested in seeing what's going on around the globe and I see different stuff happening and and um, many many um, European nations today that are, that are just being culture changed they're just losing their identity and sometimes I just look at all that and, and my wife will you know I'll be looking at Facebook and she'll know what I'm up to latest post on something and Sometimes, you know, I just get so overwhelmed. I go, oh, God, you know, all this stuff's happening. And it wasn't just that long ago that the Holy Spirit reminded me. But even though we can get overwhelmed with all the, the stuff that's happening, God's ultimately got a plan. But what he's called me and you to do individually is to change the world where we are. Because we can look at the world and go, it's just so overwhelming and so ugly. But that's not really changing the world. We've been called to change the world where we are. Showing mercy to others, being peacemakers. Amen. And that's what this series is about. Father, we just thank you this morning for your incredible blessings. For those people, Lord, today that need to write that thankful list, help them to do that. And Lord, through this journey of the words of Jesus through Matthew chapter 5 through to 7, just continue to speak to us and challenge us, Lord, if we need challenging about the way that we're living. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.